Hello ladies and gentlemen, I'm Judith Fallon-Reed and welcome to Shelf Life TV, where I have great conversations with Caribbean authors about their lives and books. If you have yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so. You'll always know when new episodes are available. The video of this episode is available also on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and check out my website at jfallonreed.com. Also, check out my other podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now it's time to share what's on my shelf. Welcome to Shelf Life. Today I'm talking with the other half of the husband and wife team that makes up Bluesic Multimedia. The wife of well-known music and video producer Arif Butler. She's more than his wife, she's his partner, but she has her own talents. She's a wife, a mother, and an author. The author of the book, Love Like It Never Happened. A chronicle of challenges and experiences, both hers and some friends, and just how those challenges and experiences are used to help others heal from brokenness. Join me in this conversation. My friend Javine, good to have you on Shelf Life. I've been waiting to talk to you. That little book, Love Like It Never Happened, it's a serious, serious topic. Yes, and, um, you know, I, I found reading that book so much of myself in it. Mm-hmm. And so much of the things I learned over my lifetime as well in it. And yeah. so I really appreciate the work that you've done on that book. And the honesty, because there's a lot of honesty. Yeah, it, 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 it's real. And first of all, thank you so much for having me. I am so, so very honored to be talking to, of course. Thank you. <laughs> yes, really. Um, as you say, our friendship go, go back and you are such an inspiration to us in many different ways. So you. Uh, you and your husband, of course, Paris. So we are so appreciative of that. And thank you so much for having me today. Yes, uh, this book has brought me through a whole journey. Uh, I had to even go back to some places that I didn't, want. I didn't even realize that I had to visit. Wow. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for it. And the response so far is, is good and it's real. I, I, I didn't want to put something out there that people could not relate to. Mm-hmm. And I cover up or, you know, kind of play that happens a lot. That happens a lot. Yeah. A lot of times we write and we pretend it's somebody else's life. Or, you know, I have a friend who, but you are very honest and very straightforward in that book. But before we get to the book, let mm-hmm. us meet you, you know. Tell us about you growing up. And I know some of that is also in the book. Yes, um, of course. I, I grew up in a, a little community called Montours in Cavaliers uh, in the hills of St. Andrew, right here in Jamaica. You're hearing me, right? Yes. Good? Oh, yes. Good. Okay. And I grew up with my grandmother uh, because my mom, at the time, she had to go to Kingston to work. So, you know, back in the days, those times, uh, I'm not going to say when, but mommy and grandma and everything and, and I I we just laid her to rest Saturday oh wow so that my condolence that, yeah so it's it's a really not such a great time right now for me but um you know God is good I'm still giving thanks that he gave us 87 years with her wow uh, so I grew up with her and um, she loved the arts. Everything in church we had to take 
part in it. She loved writing and drama. She, oh God, we start to practice over and over and over. I, I, I just believe that she, she, she imparted something within me. And even what I do today in, in production and, and, and video and all of that, it, it, it came from there. Also had a cousin, her name is Novelet, and she loved writing. She's the first person who actually introduced me to, let's just say a local author. And she would write these wonderful novels. And after school, I would be so excited just to go around our house um, because we live practically next door. And she would read these stories that she, she wrote to me. And I was so intrigued by it. And it's, it's as if, again, that also sparked an interest mm -hmm. because this, the, 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 the story, I'm, I'm a storyteller, I love stories. <laughs> That's the, the, the way that I write. I love to tell stories. So when she would tell me all of these things, it, it just sparked something inside of me. And that was also a way of escape for me. When I started high school, um, I joined the drama club because again, because of my grandma, loving right. script writing and all of that. But my childhood growing up, there, there were some kinks, you know, some challenges. And at the time as a child, you, even when, when my mom left, it never came across as she went to try and get a better life. It, it was a level of, as a child, it felt more of an, like a, an abandonment. abandonment. Yeah, where did she go? She was in Kingston. I was in yeah. St. Yeah. Andrew. That, right. yes. So she went to, to Kingston and she, she lived there. So she would come home every other weekend, sometimes three weekends, it all depends on how much she had to work. I didn't see her. And then my father, when I talk about my cousin, it's like three houses. So my father also lived next door. Okay. Where my cousin lived. So, um, but even though I had a very good relationship with my siblings, I didn't have any relationship with him. And it was just this love I had for him. I don't know until to the day, you know, he passed <laughs> away over 20 years now in 1999. Um, um, he, he passed from cancer. And that broke my heart, you know, but um, I loved him. But for some reason, we didn't have that relationship we yes. longed for. So there, there was these issues of feeling of abandonment and um, rejection. Mm -hmm. And then as a child, there is no way to process all of that. And even though, yes, we go to church, and that's another place that I loved <laughs> because I could, you know, express myself through drama and all of that right. kind of stuff. But you weren't taught how. You heard yeah. about forgiveness. You heard about God. You heard about love. But it seemed as though, for me, it's like I didn't, I, I, I don't know why I felt it was undeserving. It was it, real, it, it though. It yeah. wasn't real. It wasn't real though. We were taught about love and forgiveness in kind of like this mm -hmm. vacuum. There were nobody, yeah. nobody in church or in life actually gave you real yeah. scenarios to no, say yes. this is no. what Tom did to, to Principle. change. Exactly. Yeah. This is what Tom did. They just tell you mm -hmm. in the vacuum that you're supposed to yes. you know, God said you're supposed to and that's it. Yeah, so, and that's it. Um, there was this feeling of you know, unworthiness and 
you know, I, my, my mom not there, my dad not there. And, and then my grandmother was very strict. And there was no, even though in a way you know that you're loved, it's like sometimes you want to hear that. Mm-hmm. You want to be hugged. You want yeah. to, to, to feel that um, connection. You know, something yeah. though is that they grew up in a time where the demonstrative kind of behavior was not really on. It was, was not the thing you did. Yes. You, you know, yes. Me, you become a feeder. Where you, where you go, <laughs> exactly. feed you, I'm a clothing, I'm a put food over, groove over your head. Clearly, I love you. Exactly. So, so, so that was it. But you know, as I said before, not until you get to a place of maturity. Mm-hmm. You, you, you get to understand that. But when in your early years, which form your whole concept and yeah. perception of life, mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out who you are, all of these things at that time gave you a whole different picture. So there were some baggages mm-hmm. that um, I had to deal with in that time. Um, little situations where other family members coming around and the way they treated you right you know, there, there was there was a sense of not feeling like i belong because the, the the weirdest thing about this story is that the two families did not get along so my mother um family that i lived with with my grandmother did not get along with my father's family who actually lived next door so here's a child in the middle of all of this, not, not feeling like I belong. So when I'm here, there's this um, tension about the other family that they don't like. Right. And when I'm over there, there's this tension about my, the other family that I live with that they don't like. So I never felt accepted. So that created some really... Real challenges, man. Yes. And you know, it's, it's interesting how we don't readily understand as adults how these things affect us later on. Sometimes yeah. we more readily get that these are the things that form us. It makes us who we are. These mm-hmm. are the things that give us the reasons why we do some of the things that we do. Because yes, it, it comes from that far back. But in your book, you talk about some friends and you know, the challenges they had and how these cha- their challenges helped to form you too. You know, people yes. like Joan and Cheryl and Lisa, mm-hmm. um, some yeah. of the challenges they had. And I know you had to deal with even somebody who committed suicide. Yeah, and that's my cousin, as I was talking about um, Novlet. Oh, even though, as I just mentioned, it, it, it still yes. have a little impact you know I mean as the years had passed you know so far there are certain things that I, I work my way through it I can't tell you that I'm over it even 20 years I don't think you get over it you don't get over it um no. my dad's been gone 19 years 20 mm-hmm. I don't even know I've 18 years 18 years mm-hmm. now and I have still haven't gotten over it you learn to live with it yeah you, you learn with it I always tell people um you get through it you know the Lord yeah. said to us when you go through the water, I never say when you go over the water, when you go over there. And it never say when you stop in it either. It's like, yes, oh, I walk through, through the valley. Through. And when I walk through and the valley of the shadow, I'm there. you don't stop in it. You just so, walk through. You pass through. Yeah, so I think that was a major thing when my cousin uh, died. Because again, 
she was that one connection that I felt like understood me and I saw her as a big sister. Right. She was, you know, I remember after leaving school and she would help me with um, going back to doing some more subjects and all of that kind of stuff. So she, she was a, she was a strength, like a yes. toy in my life. So when that was removed, it was like, again, a whole chaos, you know, and then it built up because I felt like the persons that were around her did not give her the care again, because I know there were some issues with her right. based on her, her relationship and what she had to deal with in the home. And I just didn't have them up. Straight yeah. up Jamaican talk. Yeah, man. You have to talk. <laughs> just, you have to talk. Have have sometimes. If I never you, you know, if I never do this, she would still be here. And then I kind of felt a little way towards her. I was angry with her too, because I say, was it that bad that you couldn't, couldn't hold on? I'm a little bit selfish too, because I'm saying you couldn't tell me. I mean, you know, me, me, me. And I wasn't even thinking much as to, man, what is it that she was what she went through, through yeah. herself? Yeah. But I was kind of, and, and then, and, and that's what sometimes talks, when you become toxic. Mm -hmm you are not clear in, in your thinking. You can become self-absorbed and self-righteous. Yes. It's yes. so all about you and not... But the, an, but the anger part is a part of that grieving too, you know? And yeah, yeah, it, it, it which is. Which brings me, which brings me to the mm -hmm. title of the book, Love Like It Never Happened. Yes, You know, yes. And, and basically your book is about getting past, getting through, overcoming, mm -hmm. and learning to love again, learning yes. to live again. Mm -hmm. Even though something really tragic may have yes. happened to you. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? How do you get to that place where you are loving and living again, despite what had happened? One of the things that, um, wh when I actually got to that place, is it's just based on my relationship with the Lord. I could not see clearly before, before that, before God brought me to a place to say, hey, First things first, remember you were yourself an offender. Mm. All of us at one point in our lives offend somebody. Yes. You know, the other day I was thinking about something. I'm saying, I remember seeing, sometimes I see people put up this thing about, you know, the Lord is um, feasting me, put, um, setting a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And I'm saying to myself, but for me, you might be somebody's enemy too. Yes. yes. So somebody might be saying that same scripture about, about you. About you. Right? About you. So we have to be careful. So that was the first thing I had to deal with me. Yes. That's the first things first. I have to understand. The scripture said that while we were yet in sin, mm -hmm. Messiah, Messiah, Yeshua died for us. And that in itself was like a, Atomic bomb just, yes, went just clear mm -hmm. the air. That you were you were yourself an offender. And yes. you know, in my book, Time and Seasons, yes. saying, the, it, it's 10 guides to overcoming tragedy. And it's just layman guides. Mm -hmm, layman. Mm -hmm. And one of them is talking about forgiveness. And mm -hmm. even when I speak, and I speak to young people, and I speak at events, that is one of the things I talk about is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Because I have to remind them that, hold on. 
you don't want to forgive somebody, but you want somebody to forgive you. Exactly. And you may think you haven't done anything, but somebody may have not told you about what you did. Exactly. Or they told you about what you did, and you just figure, you know what, them wrong are me, right? And that is that. Me, mm -hmm. I'm in the clear. And, and don't even understand that. Mm -hmm. They have to deal with the same level of hurt yes. and pain that you have to deal with with somebody else. Yes. So when, when, when the Lord showed me that it's a boy, that means it's not about beating you over your head to show you to bring up your past life, but I'm just showing you this principle that is going to take you over and take you through this. Mm -hmm. And the next important thing, which I love this one, is unforgiveness is self-sabotage. Yes, it is. You completely, totally shut down, lock off yourself. No matter how you see certain, you, you, you're successful in certain aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. You can be much more and you can be greater if it is that you will learn and you really understand that you are sabotaging yourself. Yes. Because the scripture said, listen, if you don't forgive, Abba won't forgive you. Yes. So that in itself is saying to you that whatever it is that the father have to give you, you're blocking it to say, listen, I don't want it because I want to hold on mm -hmm. to unforgiveness. I want to hold on to my, my pain and my hurt and everything. And yes. you know, the other thing that I tell people, um, and I heard Madea say it, right? Madea mm -hmm. <laughs> actually says this in one of Tyler Perry's movies. And it's something I learned very, very early in my life mm -hmm. is that when you don't forgive somebody, Mm -hmm. and have power over you yes it's, it's you have given up your power you have given up your ability to say listen i am going to be forgiving i'm going to whatever you give them power so the exactly. longer the longer and, that and, 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 and that 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 would go now that to, to the next point is that unforgiveness is a prison yes so it yes. is holding you to places you have some persons who are 60 70 years old and they're still 10 years old because they are locked up mm -hmm. in what had happened in the past. Funny you so should say that. It, 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 mm -hmm. When we premiered 70 times seven, or movie 70 yes. times seven, yes. in Ocherios at Church on the Rock, which is where mm -hmm. you know, we filmed the film. And one lady came up to me. This is one of the mothers of the church. She now probably our late mm -hmm. 70s. And she came up to me and she said, I never knew that I could have learned something from this movie at this stage of my life. Mm -hmm. and I learned that there are people I have not forgiven. This is a woman, almost 18 now. She said, I've learned that mm -hmm. there are people I have not forgiven. And it's, this came up in front of me in this movie that I need to forgive these people for me before mm -hmm. I die. So yes, we, we think when, when we when when we look at forgiving someone, we think it's about the person. Mm -hmm. We keep forgetting it is not about them. Again, go back to self-sabotage. You're sabotaging your own um, freedom. And blessings. Your own, yeah, blessing, everything. Just your ability to move forward. You are putting chains and shackles on your own self. Because while there's, there's a saying that you cannot... Um, control what a person do or say to you, but you can control how you react. Yes. You should not give away your power, no matter how it is. And I'm not saying that this is an easy, listen it's to me. It's not easy. 
it's not easy at all it's not easy but tell you, you, if, if you give that up you give up your own power but you know something Davin, we could mm -hmm. talk all morning you know but i want you to read something out of that book <laughs> okay <laughs> time, i want to share because i know a lot of things are happening um to persons and i want to share from um chapter nine and that chapter is entitled it will get better right um, it, it, it's not, it's not going to stay one way all the time. So in the 1800s, you have Bridget Biddy Mason was born in slavery. At a very early age, she was pawned off as a wedding gift by her then owner to a fairly wealthy family. And like every other, she had to work in the field, picking cottons, looking after the cattle, being the midwife and the nanny to her owner's children. She was never taught how to read because she was, it was illegal at the time. It was only a matter of time, her owner, they moved to California along with the slaves that they owned. What they did not realize was that in California, slaves were given their freedom. Did they petition the court in Los Angeles for her freedom and the judge granted her freedom. Bridget went on to further her, herself, educate herself, being a midwife already, she employed, she was employed by a well-known physician named John Strother Griffin. And being thrifty with her money, she saved enough to start buying lands in Los Angeles. She became one of the first blacks to own land in LA. She studied and became fluent in Spanish and was a founder, founding member of the first African Methodist um, Episcopal Church. She came into great fortune, and she shared this by building schools, homes for the poor, and visiting those in prison. Her life was started um, as a slave, but her season changed, and she stepped into her powerful destiny, being free and victorious. There are many others, other noble achievements by this great woman. Her work has been forever engraved in history because she was willing to change. There are many others out there that will share their story about when they felt stuck, as if there would never be an end to the series of unfortunate events. But their circumstances did not hold them bound forever. No matter what you are facing today, declare over your life that it will get better because God is for you. And when he is for you, nothing will be able to destroy you. Wow. Yes. Totally, totally, totally agree. So yeah. seasons will change. Yeah. It, there's going to there's gonna come a time when it gets better. It's not going to be one way all the time. I had that conversation just this morning with a colleague of mine. We lost mm -hmm. a colleague um, on Thursday last week. And yes. it was devastating for the company. Mm -hmm. you know, one of our vice presidents who was just, you know, in everything. Yes. And uh, this morning I was speaking with a colleague of mine who was still grieving, very, very seriously grieving. Mm -hmm. And we was just talking about and was saying, you know, listen, the, the thing is that you'll never get over it, but you'll mm -hmm. get through it. Yes. And if we, we start to talk about COVID, and I said, boy, the Spanish flu lasted two years, two years, but look at it, here we are looking back on 1918 and saying the Spanish flu was. Yes. <laughs> and in, in about mm -hmm. 10, 12, 15, 20 years, that this will be history. 
Mm -hmm. Pandemic will be history. Yes. They'll be writing books and talking about me and you. Through <laughs> it. You know, right? yes. It's rough. It, it, rough. it is. It rough. It is. But, it, but, but if we if we if we understand and learn about the seasons mm -hmm. and understand that in every thing that is happening, every crisis, there is an opportunity for us to grow and to learn something. Not just to look at it in the in the chaos that it is, we have to find a space where we quiet ourselves and look into how is it that, because sometimes you cannot control people. I always say to people, I can't give you the answer always to the why, mm -hmm. but I can tell you how. Right. So the questions that we should be asking is how do I get through this now at this time? And there are principles there if we just look in the right place yes. and we just need to apply these principles to our lives. And we will get through it. We can get through any anything. Because you know what? If you think about it, chaos, chaos almost comes before almost anything good, you know. There's always some chaos that's going on. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, there's a little saying: if it if it isn't broken, don't don't break it. Mm -hmm. Don't fix it. Don't fix but it. I, yeah. But my thing is, if it isn't broken, break it. <laughs> because sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the way it is. It's fine. Mm -hmm. but if you break it, sometimes you get something better. Yes. You get so comfortable with what is fine and what is working that you don't even want to hear that there's another way mm -hmm. to make this work and another way to get through this. But this takes me again back to love like it never happened. <laughs> Moving on beyond yes. whatever happened. Yes. And as a creative in this space, I, I mm -hmm. talk with other creatives like myself and you. <laughs> and mm -hmm. the one thing we have learned is that once we got past the shock of where yes. we are, mm -hmm. we're creating again. And we're creating better and bigger. Every time. And every time. A global community instead of just our small community. Mm -hmm. Out of the chaos. And God can bring amazing things out of chaos. Beautiful. Out of the chaos of the earth and the gases and all of that. Look at what yes. he forth. You know, mm -hmm. so there, there is. Yes, no in the book of Ecclesiastes, it tells us that in the end, he will make all things beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's just for us to understand the process and know that sometimes it's just one foot in front of the other. It's like, um, the saying, you know, if you can't fly, <laughs> walk, you know, or if you can't fly, run, if you can't run, walk, if you can't walk, crawl, but whatever you do, just don't stop moving. Do something. Because the Lord will forever hold you and carry you no matter what state you're in. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to want to move forward. You have to be willing. The only way we don't achieve what we need to achieve and come into greater places and beautiful spaces is only if we allow ourselves to stay in that stagnant position because we know how it's going this is stagnant water with green and it's full of things and it's smell and it you understand so we can't blame people you know we have to blame ourselves so yes people do things some really dreadful wicked things some things unspeakable mm -hmm. But being devastated doesn't mean that you're ruined. Nobody can ruin you. Nobody can ruin you. Right? Yeah. Only the Lord himself has the power 
to not just destroy body, he can destroy soul. Only him right. can destroy everything. So you might be devastated, but you're not ruined at all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is a perfect, perfect way to end this conversation. Thank you so much, Davine, for sharing thank time you. and space with me. The book is Love Like It Never Happened. I totally enjoyed it. And it is one of those books that I will pass on to others. Yes, people. thank you but so much. Thank you for your support and thank you for having me. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate I'll catch it. you again when I land on the rock. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you. Post-COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Take care. All right. Good. Well, good. Bless you. Blessing. Well, that's another shelf life. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And I hope you learned something about forgiving people and forgiving yourself, most importantly. I'll see you again next week, same time, same place, to see what else is on my shelf. In the meantime, walk good. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so. You'll always know when new episodes are available. The video of this episode is available also on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and check out my website at jfallonread.com.